Well, hello and welcome to this English lesson about kitchen action verbs. Now, I did do an English lesson about the kitchen a while ago. It was a popular lesson. Uh in this lesson though, I'll look at um specifically the verbs we use to talk about the things you do in the kitchen. Now, if you're someone who doesn't cook or bake, you should still watch this lesson. I will be using a lot of very common English verbs, a lot of common English words that we use when we're talking about things we do in the kitchen. This isn't just a lesson for cooks and bakers and people who love preparing food. This is a lesson for everyone who uh who has ever gone to the kitchen to get a snack. Uh who has ever looked in the fridge for something to eat late at night. So, once again, welcome to this English lesson about kitchen action verbs. I think you'll enjoy it. Slice. So, when you slice something, you need a knife and you use the knife to make relatively equal size pieces. So, this person is slicing a watermelon. They decided they needed a knife because they were going to slice a watermelon. They would use it to make those things which are called slices by the way. So, you can eat a slice of watermelon. The most common use of this verb is probably when you talk about bread. You buy bread and then you slice bread with a knife and then the piece that comes off is called a slice. So, another one of those English words that works as a verb to slice and as a noun. Um that was last week's lesson. Not all of these work this way. Dice. So, when you dice something, it's usually a vegetable and when you dice it, if you look closely, the person is making tiny little cubes out of it or I was going to say squares but they're technically they are cubes. So, when you dice something, it's usually something like carrots It might be something like celery. You're trying to make really small uniform size pieces or cubes. Um usually you dice carrots before you put them into boiling water to make soup. Um but yes, often you will dice something. Sometimes we dice our potatoes into really small cubes before we put them into soup or something like that. And then there's just the general verb uh cut. When you cut something, you get a knife and you put it you make it into smaller pieces. There's no other real way to describe it. Again, cut is the general term for anything you do with a knife. So, slice and dice and I'll talk about chop in a minute are all a little more specific but you can use um the word cut for almost anything you do with food with a knife. You're going to cut up some vegetables. You're going to cut up some fruit. Notice I put up there. I'm turning it to a phrasal verb. You're gonna phrasal verb uh but cut is just um yeah the generic or most used version of it. And then we have chop. So, when you chop something, it just means to cut it into pieces. And it's not like slice where when you slice, you get a slice or dice. When you dice, you get cubes. When you chop, you're just cutting it up into smaller pieces. So, you can chop some carrots. You can chop up some celery. I think we do often add the word up to it. I'm gonna chop up some carrots, chop up some celery and start to make soup. If you make pancakes or anything else in a frying pan, at some point you will need to flip the pancake. 
you cook one side and when that side is done, when it has turned brown a little bit, you flip what's in the frying pan or on the griddle. These are pancakes. A fairly common breakfast food. I shouldn't say that. It's more like a weekend breakfast food. Oh, let's make pancakes. But you need a spatula. What I also call an egg flipper. <laughs> but the real word word is spatula and you would use the spatula to flip whatever you have. If you fry an egg, at some point you need to flip the egg so the other side will cook as well. And then if you have ever made bread, part of the bread making process is that you need to knead the dough. I just used two different English words there. You need N-E-E-D like you have to knead the dough. So, this is when you work the dough with your hands in order to kind of stretch out the flour in the dough. It's important to knead the dough because it creates a better bread at the end. So, if you've ever made bread or any kind of pizza dough or cinnamon rolls, at a certain point, you need to knead the dough. There I am using both words again. Um definitely when you are making bread, you would knead the dough. And if you've ever eaten cheese, you probably have used a grater to grate the cheese. So, the tool is called a grater, a cheese grater and you use it to grate the cheese. That's to you run the cheese over the grater and it makes little tiny pieces of cheese. You can see them falling out the bottom. It's very common when we make pizza, we will grate the cheese and then we'll put grated cheese on the pizza. Notice I'm using the verb grate and I'm using it to describe the cheese as well as the tool. So, you grate the cheese with a grater and then you put the grated cheese on the pizza. Uh, and it does soften to a D sound. Did you hear that? Grated cheese, grated cheese. It's a little bit of a T sound as well as a D sound. If you have ever eaten potatoes or carrots or a banana, um, one of the things you will need to do is you will need to peel it. So, you get a potato peeler or a knife and you use it to peel your potatoes. Um, the skin of the potato is not yummy. In fact, I don't really like potato skins. Some places, people do eat the skin. If you have a baked potato, often the skin will still be on it but sometimes the potato peel or the skin. We use both words by the way. I think we call it a potato peel before it's cooked but if you cook it, it's a potato skin. Interesting. Um but yes, you need to uh peel things. Um sometimes the outer part of a vegetable is not as yummy and so you peel it and you eat the inside. And of course, the basic verb wash. Sometimes you need to wash things before you eat them. Especially fresh vegetables. If you're going to eat something that's fresh or uncooked, you will often wash it before you eat it. We wash our lettuce. We wash our celery. We even wash our carrots before we eat them. It's just sometimes a good idea. There might be a little bit of dirt on the vegetable. We definitely wash our mushrooms. I don't have a picture of a mushroom. Mushrooms will often have some dirt on them. So, it's always a good idea to wash them. And you know, rinse is very similar to wash. 
When you rinse something though, you definitely are not using soap. When you wash vegetables, you don't use soap either but the word wash in English can mean that you're using just water or water and soap. In this case, it's just water but if you use the word rinse, it means just water. If I rinse something off, if I rinse the tomatoes, I'm not using any kind of soap. I'm just using water to make them cleaner to maybe remove a little bit of dirt or other things that are on it. Now, here we've jumped all the way to the end of making a meal and we now have to scrub something. So, scrub is when you wash something but you use um a sponge or a brush and it has an element of being difficult. Like, you really have to push hard when you scrub something. When you have a brand new frying pan, it when you clean it or wash it, everything It just goes really easy but when you have an old pan, sometimes you have to scrub it to get it clean. When you scrub something, you use a brush or a sponge to vigorously wash it. And then, of course, we have cook. Let me go over these for a sec. We have cook. We have bake. We have fry and we have boil and I will go back to those. When you cook something, this is just the general word for making food. Usually, also, when you're using a stove or oven, like I'm going to cook something. I'm gonna cook some supper tonight. Um, what are you having for lunch? Just sandwiches or are you going to cook something? When you bake something, though, it usually goes in the oven. You bake bread. You bake a pie. Um, not meat, though. Generally, when you put meat in the oven, you are roasting it or we might even say just cooking it. I'm gonna cook a chicken. But when you make a pie or cookies or bread and you put it in the oven, we use the verb to bake. And then fry is when you use a frying pan which is a shallow pan. So, you fry an egg. You can fry bacon. You can fry some sausages. Whenever you use a frying pan, we use fry. And then boil is simply to bring water to a high temperature so that it starts to bubble. It starts to boil. So, when you have water boiling, there are little bubbles coming out of it. When you have something like soup or stew where it's it's on the stove and there's just little bubbles coming out, you've just brought it to a boil and when you let it sit at that temperature for a while, we say that um, you are simmering the soup. So, often it will say bring the water to a boil, add all the ingredients and then let simmer for 25 minutes or let simmer for 30 minutes. Simmer is just boiling very, very gently for a period of time and you you will often simmer uh things like soup. Like, I can see this big pan at the far end. He's probably decided to let the soup simmer for a while. So, just a light, light boil. Some of you might steam your food. Jen and I have a device called a steamer and we will often use our food steamer to steam broccoli. We'll steam different kinds of vegetables with it. Sometimes we'll use it to steam rice. Sometimes we'll use it to steam uh corn like in this picture but it basically the bottom has water in it 
and the water boils and then steam goes through the food. It's a yummy and easy way to cook food. I think this is an interesting one. So, listen closely. You use a toaster to make toast. When you have bread and you want toast, you need to toast the bread. So, there's the verb. So, in the kitchen, I will often grab two slices of bread and then I will toast them. I will put them in the toaster, push the toaster down. When it pops up, I will have toast. So, the action of converting bread into toast is the verb to toast. I'm going to toast some bread later today and I'll probably have an egg sandwich. Now, with this one, you might think to yourself, Bob, this is a lesson about verbs. Why do you have the word microwave with the picture of a microwave? Well, this is also a verb. In English, you can microwave your food. You can say, I'm going to microwave this slice of pizza because it's cold. I'm going to microwave this plate of food. Sometimes when I come home from work, it's late and Jen and the kids have already eaten and then I will microwave the plate of food that Jen has made for me. I will put it in the microwave and go beep, 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 beep. There's your sound effects for today and hit start. So, microwave can be used to talk about the thing as well as it is it is also a verb. You can microwave something. So, a very simple uh, verb mix. Sometimes you need to mix the ingredients. If I was to make cookies or muffins or pancakes, I would put the ingredients in a bowl and then I would mix them. You might need to mix by hand. This person is mixing by hand but you can also mix using an appliance called a mixer which has two beaters that spin really fast and it goes So, when you put ingredients together in a bowl, sometimes you need to mix them. And the difference between mix and stir, stir is usually something you do quickly sometimes while you're cooking. So, they're kind of interchangeable but here's some good examples. If I was making something, I would mix the ingredients together. If I was frying something, I would stir the things in the pan. Another good example, when I put sugar in my coffee, I stir my coffee. So, there is a slight difference between the two. They do have slightly different usages uh, but both of them mean to combine ingredients together. Add. So, I added this one. I just used the verb add to talk about add. I added this one because it is a common instruction on a recipe. It will say add all the dry ingredients together or um add one cup of water and stir. Add one cup of milk and mix together thoroughly. So, add simply means to take something that's not in the mix, that's not in the bowl and add it in. Put it in. To blend. So, you can blend things together as well. Generally, we use this word when we're talking about this appliance. This is a blender. That's when you put a whole bunch of things together and then you push a button and it goes and it uses sharp blades in the bottom that spin really, really quickly to make it all uniform. If you like drinking smoothies, that's when you put some uh 
some frozen veg or frozen fruit together with maybe some yogurt and a little bit of water or ice and then you blend it together and it makes a really really nice cold drink. Scramble. When you eat eggs, sometimes you will scramble them. We generally only use this verb to talk about eggs. You put eggs in a pan and you keep stirring them as you are frying them and we actually say you are scrambling the eggs. I'm going to scramble some eggs this morning. Does anyone want some? What kind of egg do you want? I'll have a scrambled egg. Okay, I will scramble some eggs in the pan for us and I will fry them. So, notice I'm using scramble and fry together and strain. When you strain something, it means that there's probably a liquid that has some bigger pieces in it and you don't want the bigger pieces. So, you pour the liquid through a strainer so that you can strain it. Um I'm trying to think when we make chicken broth, we pour the chicken broth through a strainer because we only want the liquid part of it. So, when you make broth or chicken stock, you cook all of the chicken that's left over in a big pan for uh, a number of hours and then you will strain it because you just want the liquid part of it. So, again, the device they're using here is called a strainer and they are pouring it through because they want to strain the liquid. To drain. So, this is similar to strain. Um by the way, this is called a colander and I think when you drain something, it usually means you're cooking it in water and you want to get rid of the water. So, when I'm done boiling potatoes, I will drain it using a colander. If I'm cooking pasta, I will drain the pasta. I want to um only have the food and not the water. So, I will drain it. If you ever have had a cup of tea, you know that someone had to pour that cup of tea. Anytime you have a liquid, well, you can pour, well, let's keep it liquid. You have a liquid like milk or tea or coffee and if you want to put it in a cup or mug, you will pour it. So, you will take the big thing and you will do this and then you will pour it out. This is the slide that made me make the poll last night. I don't know if you saw the poll on my channel. I was curious to see um what hot drinks you guys like the best. Coffee one by the way, I think by a long shot. To beat. So, interestingly enough, this is also a word to use when people fight like someone can beat someone up but it's also a word we use in the kitchen. When you put egg whites in a bowl, you might beat them. That means to mix them very very rapidly, okay? Um we do this usually with eggs but you beat them. Uh you can do it with a fork. You can do it with what's called a mixer but when you beat something, uh it means to mix them rapidly. If you beat egg whites, eventually you get this really really nice texture um which with when you cook, we call meringue. Very yummy. Before you bake something, sometimes you will grease the pan. When you grease a pan, it means you put butter or some other type of oil or grease or lard uh in the pan. You might grease the pan with butter. You might grease the pan with margarine. You might spray the pan with cooking spray. So, this is a similar thing to do but often a recipe will say grease the pan 
and then you pour the mixture into the pan before you bake it. This is so that the food doesn't stick to the pan. Okay? You don't want the cake to stick to the pan. You don't want what you're making to stick to the pan. So, you grease it so it's slippery and then it will come out of the pan easier. When you're frying something, you will often spray the pan with cooking spray. So, the thing this person is holding is called cooking spray. You spray the pan for the same reason that you would grease a pan. You don't want whatever you're making to stick to the pan. If you use an old frying pan and you put an egg in that frying pan, it will stick to the pan. You won't you won't be able to get the egg out. So, you spray the pan so that it's um slippery inside, I guess. So, that food doesn't stick to it. Now, of course, whenever you make something in the kitchen, you need to measure your ingredients. So, you'll have little measuring spoons on the far side or measuring cups. Uh, I wish I could point better. (laughs) The big things are measuring cups. The small things are measuring spoons and you will measure things out. In Canada, our recipes call for things like half a half a teaspoon of salt, two teaspoons of sugar, one cup of flour, half a cup of brown sugar. So, when you make something, you follow a recipe and you need to measure your ingredients. So, we do use it as a verb. You need to measure your ingredients. If you put something like sugar in water, it will dissolve. So, if you have a cup of water and you put sugar in and you stir it, eventually you can't see the sugar. It disappears but not really. It's simply in the water and you can't see it. So, when it says dissolve a teaspoon of sugar in a cup of water, it means to add it to water and stir until it looks like it has disappeared. Crush. So, this person has decided to crush some garlic. Whenever you crush something, it's similar to squishing it. So, when you have garlic, sometimes you will slice the garlic but sometimes you'll just crush the garlic under the flat side of a knife uh, and then you'll remove the skin and put the crushed garlic in. Sometimes you will crush ice before you put it into a drink. There are there aren't actually very many things you crush but if you crush something, this is what the action looks like. And then whisk. So, when you whisk something, you use a whisk. So, that uh, kitchen tool is called a whisk and you go like this with your hand. So, sometimes you will whisk ingredients together. When you whisk, it adds a little bit of air, I think, as you're doing it. It's simply just another way to mix something. You will whisk it. And sometimes you need to weigh things. Jen and I don't cook this way. We generally measure things We use cups and teaspoons and tablespoons but some people will weigh their ingredients because this is more accurate. So, you might weigh the amount of flour or you might weigh the amount of sugar um, when you are making something. And then we have spread. When you spread something like butter. So, when you have a knife and you put some butter on it, you will spread it over your slice of bread or over your slice of toast um so that uh people yeah, it is yummy to have fresh bread and spread some butter on it and then the butter melts and then a little bit of jam. It's one of my favorite things to eat. 
Oh, and then preheat. I forgot about this slide. Whenever you make something, sometimes you need to preheat the oven. You don't make something, stick it in the oven and then turn the oven on. When you look at the recipe, one of the first things it will say is preheat the oven to 200 degrees Celsius or preheat the oven to 450 degrees Fahrenheit depending on where you are in the world. When you preheat, it means you turn the oven on so that the oven is at the right temperature when you are ready to bake or cook your food. So, you will preheat the oven. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash Bob the Canadian.